0: Find the perfect pet bed with Silent Night. Legs stretched out like Superman or curled up like a donut. However they like to sleep, Silent Night's pet bed range offers a perfect solution.
1: Dogs sleep 12 to 14 hours a day, so it's good to know Silent Night's pet beds are lovingly made with the same high quality as their human products. So your four-legged friends could enjoy their sleep as
0: much as we do. Head to sleepypeople.com to pick up yours today with an exclusive discount of 10% using discount code OMD10. Valid until 29th of August. Yeah.
1: Hi Sean. Hello Jack. How are you? I'm very well. Uh, I should say that this episode of Oh My Dog is brought to you by Silent Night Pet Beds.
0: It is. It's very exciting. We've and uh, we're grateful that we've got a sponsor who's come on board because they've listened to the podcast and thinks that uh, that we can benefit from from their support, and we can. Yes, can. absolutely. Nice. And it that means I'm, it can I'm... pay for itself if we do
1: this. Yeah, well, I'm getting a swimming pool in the garden. <laughs> <laughs> Might be early days, but we can see.
0: Maybe, <laughs> maybe, maybe a paddler, maybe a paddler. Yeah. Uh, how's Dolly? Dolly's good. You know, it's been. Uh, she's. What about Dolly in the heat? Well, she's not crazy so, with it. That was hot. A lot of sleeping and a lot of just taking it easy. Because I I read a thing in the... You know how they they have advice (laughs) in the paper. As soon as it's a hot weather, you know, how to cope with the hot weather type of advice. Yes. And uh, it really... I mean, it is. It's just real nonsense stuff. But there was one particularly caught my eye. How to help your dogs with the hot weather.
1: Oh, okay. And
0: one thing it says you shouldn't really do is cut their hair off and give them a grooming, too too much of a grooming, by shearing them like you would with a sheep. Some people think, oh, you know, cut their hair right down. Yeah. Because they're designed... The hair is designed to keep the heat out as well as in. I did not know that. A lot of them, yeah, because they have like double layers of, of fur. And so they have this bit, very good protective coating underneath the hair that you see. And that helps to keep them cool as well as warm in the winter. So if you do away with that, the other thing you do is you um you risk them getting sunburnt Because obviously you have very, very sensitive skin under all that doing your research and i know i know it's it hardly i mean i read the paper that was it but it, you know <laughs> <laughs> but uh, and the other thing is, um the the fur on the bottom of their paws that's quite good if you can keep that trim but it did recommend you go to proper groomers to get that done so i don't know why because the paws are the only bits where they swept from dogs
1: yes uh, yeah yeah no i knew that but yeah no i but i wouldn't be trying to trim the that paw hair would you be
0: uh, I've seen, well, they do it when we take Dolly to have her little toenails clipped, and so she just gets a little uh, a shaver out and just like like they do at the at the barbers and
1: just just yeah. just sort of
0: trim it off. Dolly was uh, awake in the night. Uh, I think it was two nights ago.
1: Oh God, you didn't have another cat round? Did it you? wasn't the
0: cat. It wasn't the cat this time. <laughs> but what it was, she was barking at something outside our bedroom window, basically. And to cut a long story short. There was uh, some knocking, a knocking sound that she was alerted to and woke us up to sort of tell us what was going on. And I looked out the window and there was a magpie outside our window, our bedroom window, pecking away at the window. It's a wooden window sill. The wood has gone a bit rotten and this magpie is just ripping it to pieces. And Dolly wasn't having it. So, um, we're gonna have to get that fixed. So that's that's cost me. So to- <laughs> she's pointed out. And she's um I'm, I'm worried now that she's gonna start taking it upon herself to point things out that need doing, you know, around the house, like, you know. <laughs>
1: That's what my mum does when she comes round. She turns into a surveyor and starts going, oh, look, that's Mm. not working. You want to get that fixed?
0: You've got some damp coming in there.
1: Yeah, (laughs) Yeah.
0: So I hope she doesn't make a habit of it. But again, once again, you know, she doesn't bark for nothing. And uh, something was going on, she wasn't happy about it. And you know, sure enough, I pull the curtain back and there's this magpie right at the window, you know, having a go at my windowsill. (laughs) So uh, anyway... But apart from that, it's been a fairly quiet week because of the heat. How about yes. Mildred? How, how's Mildred been getting on?
1: Mildred's good. I don't know how much she has enjoyed the heat. I get quite worried. You know when it's hot and the tongue is out? Yes, yes. And there's the kind um, of panting. And I, yeah. I, I go, oh, God, does that, does that mean it's now too hot? Uh-huh, uh-huh. But she she was around her grandparents' house. Yes, right. Grace's parents. Yes, yes. And she has a little ritual. And I love this about dogs, when you notice they've got a little ritual, which is when she gets to the house, she runs in and she sees Grandad first. Mm. She's very excited, lots of spinning round, lots of twirling, climbing, uh-huh. spinning round. Yeah, yeah, Then once she's finished with him, she runs upstairs to find Grace's mum. Grace's mum is never upstairs. She runs back down <laughs> into the garden, finds Karen jumping up, spinning round, yeah. and then back in for water. And that is it. Every single time, that's
0: brilliant, isn't it?
1: <laughs> it's a bit like Nelly at yours. So when yes. Nelly visits yours, it's straight yeah.
0: for the food. Yes, yeah, you go straight to see if Dolly's left some food out, yeah. and, and
1: and and eats all that up. Yeah, I love those little rituals that they have. If me and Grace happen to, you know, leave Mildred for an hour or so, yeah, then we get back. I know where I stand in the kind of hierarchy. Yeah. It's Mildred will greet Grace first. I'll wait. Yeah. And know that she's coming to me next. Yes, yes,
0: it's precisely the same with Dolly. Uh, oh, is J- Jane's yeah, number one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jane is te- oh, Jane is number one. If we've been out or away, she's pleased to see me, but yeah. I'm also aware that she's looking round behind yes. me to see yes. where is she? Where is she? Yeah. <laughs> exactly. I, you know, yeah. I do like you, but I, yeah. I, do, I want her back, and that's it.
1: Why do you think that
0: is? Um, why are they like to the?
1: I think here. Yeah. It's Grace certainly at the beginning was more of the feeder she was putting out dinner more yeah, yeah 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 at the beginning i think she probably took Mildred out more for a walk at the beginning yes so that so it was all established then yeah yeah they i think dogs maybe they're
0: just like a, they like a matriarchy they think of the woman as as, as the head of the household uh certainly Dolly does in this one. And uh, they think, well, that's, that's mummy. That's mum.
1: That would be interesting, actually, for our listeners, if you could let us know if it's... When I just said mummy,
0: she's on the chair here. She actually looked round. She said, what, what? What about her? What, what are you saying? <laughs> <laughs> her ears pricked up as she heard that. Is, yeah. she
1: the, is she on the chair there?
0: She's right there. What's she to doing? Me, yeah. Well, she's just sitting there because um, uh, I think Jane has actually gone out. So she's come in here to be with me because I've got the door closed while we did the podcast and i don't want her to feel she can't come in and if she wants to but she's just sitting on the little chair in my office
1: yeah and did she watch glastonbury with you she d- <laughs> she didn't
0: watch glastonbury no no were no. you were you hooked into it were you
1: i was hooked i watched the um, i only watched the the pyramid stage oh uh, yes yeah That's that, what yeah I'm just not- just the, go for the main stuff. The yeah. main stuff. That's me all over. Just yeah. the main, you know, people go, oh, I'm not, you know that there are people that want to go and find the interesting thing. Yeah. To Find something a bit more interesting. Uh, no. <laughs> no interest. Absolutely no interest in finding the more interesting thing.
0: No, I've got none at all. I agree with you. <laughs> and uh, uh, Actually, Dolly's musical tastes are quite, uh, quite conservative, let's say, because she'll Quite often, Jane likes to listen to Radio Three, so that means that's converted oh, yes. to it's, that's classical music.
1: I love that you you thought you had to tell me there. No. I, I, <laughs> I do know. I what's, do know you. What's yeah. classical music then? Is that all the hits? It's, They're the classic songs. It's, it's violins, you know, <laughs> advert
0: music basically. Yes, that's translated as Dolly likes classical music, and that's how if I yes. ever, if I say, "Can we possibly listen to something from this century?" and Jane will say. <laughs> Jane Jane will say no because it's because Dolly likes classical music, so we listen to that. But the one concession is on Sunday mornings when Dolly Mm. likes to listen to Sunday Love songs with Steve Wright, so so that's what goes on. (laughs) So, if you were to make a sort of find up a sort of a conflation of classical music and Sunday Love songs with Steve Wright, you know, I don't know what you'd end up with. Um, it could. (laughs) Rick Astley, I don't know what it would be. No.
1: If anyone wants to mix that, if any, we have any listeners yeah. that are good at editing songs and you want to mix up that and make a mashup, as yeah. they call it, of that, yeah. please feel free, yeah. we'd love to play it. Yeah,
0: Dolly's mash-up tape. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's the handle and various love songs from the years, but uh, that's it. Is Mildred into music, do you reckon? And
1: Mildred will play, we will put on dog music on YouTube. Right. But that is usually just... That usually is just classical... Oh, so hang on, wait there. Mm. I'm in an office in the garden now, so I have to call through the garden. Okay. Grace? Grace?
0: This is where the technology of the podcasters uh, Mildred? Could do with... Uh... Where's Grace? <laughs> <laughs> Can you not get an intercom to the house now that you're n- no longer in the house? <laughs> well, with the sponsor's money. Yeah, of course. Now it's, it's going to be... <laughs> two cans and a piece of string you can... Grace isn't in oh she's not in okay
1: Mildred's looking at me like you absolute moron yeah she's not <laughs> yeah. here okay so th- Yeah. The... do you ever have that does Jane just ever leave without telling you know,
0: we normally tell each other if we're going out of the house but Grace is gone as is she? she's, she's gone she gone well she probably thinks you're busy doing this
1: yes that's tr- yeah and how wrong she is yeah <laughs> Is it normal for um, for them to take all their stuff with them?
0: <laughs> yeah, a, yeah, get all your stuff in an Uber just to go down to the shops. Yeah. But, no, I, I suspect she would have taken Mildred, so I think you're all right. I think she'll be back.
1: Yeah. No, yeah. Mildred's there. Yeah, great. So, yeah, but look, we've got a... Um, well, it's a special episode mm-hmm. because today we've got Simon, our dog expert. We have, back.
0: Oh, yes, Simon,
1: whose uh, surname I'm, you
0: know, very reluctant to pronounce because I did <laughs> get it wrong the first time round. Um, but uh, it's, yeah. it's Simon Perry Marino, isn't it? Did I said Moreno uh, or something?
1: Yes, you um, no, you did.
0: Yeah, well we'll, we'll we'll find out. Yeah, he's. I mean, he's, he he was very nice about it, but I felt I felt stupid for getting it wrong.
1: Yeah, I mean, I I just think Simon, the dog expert.
0: Simon the dog expert gets you round it, doesn't it? it yes yeah. It kills two birds with one stone. It tells you who he is and what he does without having to, uh, you know, fret about pronouncing his name properly.
1: Yes. And our lovely listeners have sent in questions, yeah. queries, things they want advice, help with. Yeah. And I'm very much looking forward to that. But before we talk to him, mm. our lovely listeners have also sent in messages. Which is always a pleasure to hear. This is uh, Amy. This is Amy. It's uh, yeah. Hi Jack and Sean. I love to listen to OMD every Monday. Here's a little song I sing to my one-year-old cockapoo siblings, Albie, brother, and Olive, sister. I'm singing itchy, scratchy, scrappy-do, because my <laughs> poor little pooches have sensitive tongues and intolerances to food. I also have that with chickpeas. Yeah. Um... Uh, so they were always itching and scratching. So itchy and scratchy became their nicknames. Hundreds of pounds later, and I think I have them on the right path now, thank goodness. Oh. So I might have to change up my lyrics soon. I do kiss my dogs on the mouth, obviously. Of course my dogs sleep in my bed. Amy. And this is Amy's song. Itchy, scratchy, itchy and a scrappy doof.
0: Itchy, scratchy, itchy and a scrappy doof. Itchy, (laughs) scratchy,
2: itchy and a (laughs) (laughs) scrappy-doo.
0: That's strange, isn't it? That's that's quite... That's in a funny way is quite catchy, but it's the very
1: catchy. But
0: the, the quality of it was is, is um got something very special to it, that. It sounds like the first recording ever made or something like that, isn't it? Yeah, well, yeah, we found the demo. Yeah, where you don't know quite what to say, so you sing a song like that into it. But it's a nice one. It's a nice <laughs> little song that. I'm gonna have trouble getting that out of my head, I think, today.
1: Fitchy, yeah. Scratchy. Yeah, that's scratchy. Yeah. It's, it's the children's show. Itchy and thing. scratchy, yeah, could be, yeah. That was very nice. It uh, yeah. feels like we're doing a very highbrow podcast. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, um, thank you, Amy, for that. That was uh, very nice yes, to hear, people. and keep them coming in because we always love to. We always love the reassurance of knowing that there are other people out there like us. So next up, we have Simon, the dog expert, don't we? Yes. Any particular questions you want to ask
1: this week, Sean? I was going to perhaps ask, obviously, that very uh, scary moment I had when I I thought I'd lost Mildred.
0: <gasps> yes, very good to bring that up. Yeah, and yeah. just
1: and just yeah. asking maybe if that would ever happen again. Was there just any advice?
0: Anything else you could have done? Yeah. Anything else you could have done? Um, yeah. yeah, other than concentrate and not look at your phone. <laughs> <laughs>
1: then, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, there is that. Thank you, Jack, yeah, that's our right. expert. That's right. yeah, yeah. <laughs> also, mm. and you might know this, now that you've been doing your research, <laughs> and why do dogs love... I mean, Mildred absolutely loves the rubber bellies. I call it the rubber bellies. Oh, yes, yeah, yeah. Does Donnie oh, yeah. like the rubber, oh, rubber bellies? She does, but
0: you've got, you got to be quite careful with her because she's so petite. Yeah. Because when we first got to, we, you know, we used to do it with our, with our Dachshunds. Yes. We used to call it ragging around and they go on and you can give them a real good old sort of, you can, you can basically wrestle with them on the bed. Yes. And then when we got Dolly and uh, I sort of try and do that, she'd look at me and say, what are you doing? You know, I'm, yeah. a, I'm a chihuahua, <laughs> you know, you're going to kill me doing that. So you have to learn the approach that you need for a smaller dog. But it is interesting why they all love it so much. I guess it's something. It feels like they're being groomed by a member of their pack, and that's um, a but bonding. We, we thing don't
1: about. have that, do we? Well, people don't have a thing. I don't think I've ever had someone just rub my belly like that. But you might,
0: you might not mind if your partner, you know, strokes your hair or something while you're watching telly.
1: Is that is that what you think it's well, something like? like that. I is mean, the, you think it's like that? Personally, it annoys the hell out of me. But. <laughs>
0: But, but Of
1: course it does. Some humans,
0: <laughs> some humans like it. They like yeah. that kind of contact.
1: <laughs> Get off me! Yeah,
0: I do. I said that to Jen. I said like, she's like, oh, don't you like it? I said no. It's like a spider crawling over you. <laughs> it is. I don't mind if you're gonna stroke me. Do it so I know it's your hand, but don't not these kind of very very light oh. fingers. <laughs>
1: Oh were you ever in a rom com? I think you should. I'd love to see that rom com. Yeah, yeah, get off. What are you kissing me for? It's raining. Yeah. It's raining. I I never noticed. What do you mean you didn't notice? I'm soaking wet. Let's get indoors. What are you dancing for?
0: Uh Right. Yeah, so we should... uh, Yes, Uh, those are good questions uh, that we've got lined up. But, of course, the reason for having Simon on as our special guest again is we have got lots of your questions coming in, haven't we, from from all around uh, the place, people wanting uh, advice on on their dogs. So no one better than Simon, the dog expert, that we will ask.
1: We'll try to help as
0: well. Oh, we will, I'm sure. Our our input will be uh, (laughs) greatly appreciated. (laughs) Yes. I I do like the approach to... Really, it's about thinking as a dog would think, trying to work out why a dog is thinking such a thing Yes, and, and get into their mindset. And that's quite often will help you get some way towards solving what the problem is. And yes. I think like if, if your dog doesn't come back, it's, big, you know, very often if they get distracted by other things, they're thinking, yeah, yeah, I know you're there. And it's just that I'm absolutely fascinated because I've, I've picked up the smell of something here and I want to find out what it is. That sort of surpasses their need to uh, to come back to you and be obedient. Where that's where big training comes in, where you actually they know that you come first.
1: Yes, well said. Yeah, well yeah. said. In fact, we don't need Simon. We'll just cancel Simon now. <laughs> Simon.
0: Hello there. Hello, Simon. Simon, the dog expert. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: Simon uh, Paddy Marino. That's the one. Yeah, yeah. Bless you. Thank you very much. Uh, I'm,
0: I'm I'm sorry. Sean has gone into this. Uh, <laughs> he's obsessing about your name now. Oh, right. right. It's completely unnecessary. <laughs> I I I simply mentioned that I I said Marino and it was wrong on the first time you came on the show yeah. and I'm aware of that now. It's unprofessional yeah. and disrespectful. Not as unprofessional <laughs> as a cod Italian accent. That makes- <laughs> Confounds the problem a hundredfold. Funnily enough, my mum is
2: half Italian, so I, I'll, I'll let it slide. This Right.
0: Time. It's, it's... <laughs> okay, okay.
2: Well, there it go. How
0: are you, Simon? You've been busy? Yeah,
2: um, I've been really good. Thank you. Um, I've had quite a few people reaching out from the podcast, which is really nice as well. Oh, that's
0: great.
1: That's good. They've heard you on it. People
2: sort of reaching out and getting in touch. Yeah, it's been lovely.
0: Really, really nice. Yeah, yeah, Oh, yeah.
1: wow. We'll take a percentage of that. <laughs> Thanks.
0: Yeah. We probably didn't mention commission, but anyway, it's a conversation. Yeah, we'll, we'll that sort that after. I <laughs> <I record. laughs> yeah. So people getting in touch and saying, yeah you sound like exactly the person to help me with my dog yeah and- yeah it's been really
2: nice it's even yeah. I think a few long-time listeners of you get well I say long time from the start of the podcast and stuff like that as well have been yeah still reaching out as well which is really really nice it's a really nice community yeah. you guys have got with this podcast oh
0: that's really good to hear isn't yeah, it yeah. yeah have you ever had dogs uh, or a dog that is so challenging that you really feel I just I can't help i can't help
2: (laughs) 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 to be honest most normal cases no they are the odd few where it's basically the bite risks so dogs have got history of bite i mean i'm talking proper biting not just nibbling and mouthing um you know i've had 40-kilo German Shepherds lunging at me
0: and things like that. So it's Ooh. they're probably the most challenging oh my ones, to be really. And is there
1: much you can do with those ones? Yeah. Have you have you had to throw in the towel?
0: Not yet. I've
2: not had to throw in the towel hmm. just yet. I mean, I'm quite lucky. So my parents, back in the day, used to breed and train German Shepherds for the RAF yeah. down south. So I, oh, I've wow. always been around sort of big, sort of like, in inverted commas, scary dogs. I didn't know they could fly. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Well, they are clever, aren't they? <laughs> it's the opposable thumbs. <laughs> yeah,
2: brilliant. Um, but yeah, I, yeah. I, I've not had to throw the towel in just yet. But with cases like that, it's yeah, you know, just patience. Be you know, yeah. be as calm as you can around that. Because the worst thing you can do is run away or let the dog know that you're scared I mean I, inside I'm absolutely bricking it sometimes but yeah, you can't let oh really yeah you, I mean it's a dog with a lot more teeth than I've got <laughs> do you know what I mean yeah. and it could cause a lot more yes.
0: harm I mean do you wear protective clothing for a dog like that or
2: no I, I normally get muzzles out if I need to for things right. like that yeah. because I think if you've got the sort of like we spoke about that, the hives jackets and things like that if you get yeah. too padded yes. and stuff like that
0: it can be overwhelming and just trigger the dog even more which they get freaked out yeah, anyway don't they exactly. I've seen, I've seen videos of police dogs being trained and there's always someone dressed up in this big padded suit and yeah. they run across a field. And then the, I've got to think, that has to be the worst job in the police force, isn't it? Is, is that a sort of... Bullying in the workplace for the recruit they don't like. Put this suit on, son, and run across the field. Would you?
2: Do you know what? It's actually funny you say. It. I've never done bite work or man work, so where you get like the um, padded suits and stuff. And it's one thing right. I feel Check like out. I need to do at some point just to experience Ooh. what it's like to have a full speed like bite come on. I mean, I've had nips and things like that, but I've never been yeah. properly bitten. So I
0: think it might get me over that sort of like hump. If I, well, I think do- that's what your imagination is for, though, Simon. I think you just you, you don't need to do it to know it. <laughs> It's not going to be very nice. I might just be a
1: masochist, Jack. <laughs> if you do that, please do keep us updated. Oh, absolutely, yeah. We
0: would love to see some some photos or even footage of it. Yeah, you know, just so not so we can laugh at all. It's no, so, so that we can you know increase our
1: admiration for you if that were possible, <laughs> and just to see the interior of A and E in a hospital. Yeah. That would be yeah. lovely.
2: Big yeah. <laughs> <laughs> up the Manchester NHS on that one. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Well,
1: Jack, before we go on to our listeners' yeah. questions, can we just carry on from where we were with the... ...the, the, the, the rubby bellies? Yeah, absolutely. So I was just wondering, and it really is no biggie, but why does Mildred and lots of other dogs, or maybe even all dogs, why do they love their belly being rubbed? What is, what is that about?
2: So it's an appeasing gesture. A lot of people think when a dog rolls over on its back, it's sort of like it's being submissive, and all this and it's not really it's just it, they do it for one of two reasons one is they're just trying to avoid a conflict so they're just like yeah i'm okay i don't want this so they'll roll over and show the bellies yeah. for that yeah. but when they feel safe and secure i mean you've probably seen with mildred and even dolly like when they're fast asleep they'll be on the back with the paws up in the air it's when they feel the right. safe yes because obviously all the vital organs are here oh. so it's the most delicate yeah. part of a dog's body, and them being able to expose it and have an affection and tickle on it—it's just yeah. They're just showing that they're really happy and they're
0: safe. Oh. They feel safe with you and yeah. they trust you. That's lovely, isn't it? It's a yeah. nice answer. That's very nice. <laughs> yeah.
1: Are you happy with that, Sean? Is, is that? I'm very. I'm mm. very happy with that. Mm. I thought it was. It's more of a kind of gesture. That that it is this physical reward that they get. It's not. Are you saying that it's not particularly that the belly being rubbed is a wonderful feeling? I right?
2: mean, it is quite a sensitive area for them. Because
1: I was think. saying to Jack that there's not like an equivalent. does it seem like there's a an equivalent for maybe a massage with a massage. Yeah, be the,
2: the or sort of fingers down your back, sort of nails down your back, or like scalp massage and things like that. That's probably the closest alternative you can sort of okay. compare yeah. it to. Yeah. Yeah. All right,
1: yeah. fine.
0: Thank you. Any because uh, we were talking as well earlier about looking after your dogs in the hot weather. Mm-hmm. What would you? A couple of things that we can do and look out for to make sure the dog is comfortable and not becoming overheated. It's what? What would you say?
1: Yeah. Oh, and sorry. Yeah. Just, just before you get to that. Yeah. When do you know it is too hot? When is it? Well, that that is now. You know, people go. Well, it might be too hot. I'm not sure. It might be. Is there actually no? That is too hot.
2: Yeah. Anything sort of like. I say from 25 degrees upwards is where you kind of need to keep an eye on how vigorously yeah. you're exercising your dog. Personally, for me, anything over sort of like right. 31, 32 degrees is probably a no-go. And it'll walk the dog first thing in the morning or last thing at night when it's there's nothing going on there. Yeah. I yeah, do yeah. have a heat chart somewhere on my Instagram. I'll share it up and get oh my dog pod. Uh, tagged Mm -hmm. in it as well so they can share it again but um, it's more how vigorously you're exercising the dog in the heat to be honest, obviously older dogs obese dogs, uh, brachycephalic so dogs with sort of like squash faces like pugs and things like that they tend to have a harder time just because of obviously breathing issues and stuff like that. Mm. But yeah, Mm. the dogs do tend to show you quite clear signs that they are overheating as well. So always keep an eye on things like obviously excessive panting, super red gums and tongue, where they're just trying to get the blood to the surface to sort of diffuse the heat a little bit.
1: Oh, wow. But in
2: terms of like how to help out with the heat shade is one of the best things you can do. Always find a shaded area where they can just get out of the direct sun Cooling mats are fantastic. Um, yeah. they've got like this sort of like gel oh, right. stuff that just sucks heat out of everything that touches it. And they're pretty inexpensive. How as does well. that
0: happen? Does it? Does do you do you stick it in the fridge and it cools down and then you just put it out for them? Is that so? You it can
2: was? get some that you do put in the fridge, but most of them you don't need to. Yeah. It's it's just like oh, right. I'm no physicist, but I'll it's go got like thing. sort of like a thermal gel in it that just yeah. sucks the heat out. Yeah, the big one to avoid is try not to get your dog too wet, especially if it's sunny. So if the fur gets oh. wet, it obviously splits. You know, like if we wet our hair, you can see our right. scalp through. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and they can get really serious sunburn from it as well. So oh, if you're that's gonna wet a your dog, good
1: one. I no idea.
2: Pause give them a drink of water, stuff like that is the best mm-hmm. option when it comes to sort of water. Try not to completely soak yeah. them. I mean, obviously if they're going swimming or, you know, you take them to a river or something and you want them to have a swim, fine, but just make sure they can get in the shade pretty quick after they've got wet.
0: Yeah, so they don't, so they don't catch the sun yeah. afterwards, yeah. Cars of course are a big no no, aren't they, really? Yeah. Uh, ideally. I mean, we all know how hot it can get in cars. Yeah.
2: I, I've I've been yeah. burnt from seatbelts yeah. before now, you know, just sitting on them. So Right. It's yes, keep an yeah. eye on things like that.
1: Very good. And I really wouldn't have thought that about the be careful of wetting your dog that just would not have occurred to me so thank you.
2: you you can get them wet just don't leave them out in direct sunlight just yeah. like i said because it yes. will expose the sort yeah. of skin underneath
0: are there any particular dogs that suffer more than others in in the heat
2: yeah things like pugs and stuff like that tend to like i said brachycephalic, oh, flat noses yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. um yeah, yeah, older yeah. dogs and the sort of more obese dogs as well some big dogs yeah, can yeah, really yeah. struggle so like your great danes and stuff yeah. as well but that's just yeah. because they yeah. are so yeah.
0: big and they generate
2: so much heat anyway yeah
0: in your absence before uh, you joined us on this episode i I, th- I think somewhat naturally stepped into the expert role while we were talking <laughs> <laughs> and uh i uh, i proffered i proffered up um, a piece of information that i'd uh, i you know through my research had uh, <laughs> had discovered that um dogs with with thick coats don't necessarily suffer from the heat because their thick coat keeps them cool as well as hot. Is that, I was right in saying that, wasn't I? Yeah.
2: uh, A lot lot of,
0: (laughs) yes, you were. (laughs) There you go, Sean. Right.
1: Just one for Jack. There you go, Sean. And what have you brought to the picnic? (laughs) Jack needs to be reassured (laughs) enough of the time, Simon. I'll get the gold stars out later. uh, Yes, please. If you've got a lollipop for Jack at the end, that will be fantastic. Okay. Um, Yeah, so thicker coated
2: dogs or double coated dogs, uh, like some people will call them. um, They do, yeah, traps air in between the sort of different layers of the coat. So it does keep them cool. It's why things like huskies, you should never really shave a husky because it can't thermoregulate properly because it's not got its nice thick double
0: coat. No. And they're not used to it. Yeah, pretty much what I said. Yeah. <laughs> um, should, we, should we try and help some of our listeners with uh, things that they've written in with? Should we do that yes. now? Yeah.
1: I'm good, if you don't mind, yeah. I'm going to go in straight do. with the jugular. Could you ask your expert if there is anything he recommends to stop my lovely dog Peggy Eating poo.
2: <laughs> yeah.
1: Pretty much okay. any type of poo. Right. Uh, except human. Okay. Um... You would, you would I'm worried
0: where where this dog is being walked if the if that is one of the options.
1: <laughs> exactly. Yeah. You know, just left the toilet seat open. I think maybe. Uh, uh, this is from Jacqueline. Uh, d- doesn't want to muzzle or always put on the lead. Yeah.
2: Okay, mm. so this is a condition called coprophagia, which is basically mm. a, a oh, dog's yeah. compulsion to eat feces of any variety. Mm. The first thing I do. Yeah is probably get it checked by the vet first. It might not be anything serious, but sometimes...
1: To see if it's mental. (laughs) Maybe.
2: But um, one of the causes of coprophagia is that they have sort of like a deficiency or some sort of like digestive issue. And the dog is subconsciously feeling like it's compelled to re-eat its food and sort of reprocess what it's had the second one could be cleanliness so um, I've had a client before who had a Frenchie and basically every time the dog would have a poo she would be straight in there picking it up and tidying up after the dog the dog saw this and became so obsessed with keeping the area clean where it was pooing so it's seen her Ah. picking it up so rapidly and so like Excessively, that it was like, oh, well, I need mm. to do this too, because dogs don't like to poo and wee in their own sort of like nesting or bed area, and it obviously no. just thought wherever it was pooing was yeah. an extension of that. So it was just trying its best to keep its nest area clean. So it
1: was kind of it was mm. kind of acting like a
2: a bin. Yeah, um, like mother dogs will do it to the puppies, the yeah, they'll they'll clean up the area around the puppies because obviously the puppies aren't going to wander too far and oh, stuff nice. like that and it's an old instinctual mm. thing that's mm. clicked in and the third one is, wow. it probably just really likes it um, <laughs> as disgusting as it is for us as oh. humans, eating
0: poo is completely normal for dogs, like it's a very, very normal yeah. thing really? yeah. Yeah. Funny how that wasn't a reason that any of us came up with was it, <laughs> you know, <I'm>, you know. <laughs> Best because it's, it's really nice. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately,
2: it's, it's like dogs who roll in yeah. fox poo and things like that. It's like you walking into yeah. boots and spraying your favorite aftershave. Do you know what I mean? It's that kind of like, oh, we enjoy doing this. It smells nice. It tastes nice to me. So I'm just going to keep doing it.
1: So sorry is is it is it not actually a problem? Not
2: really. If there's no, he-
1: I mean, I'm not. I'm sorry. I'm not encouraging it. <laughs> but it's just it's just interesting to know. It's yeah. It's it's not if there's no like, oh, it's Dolly.
0: It's Dolly starting to around.
2: If it's been f- so, yeah, checked over by the vets for any sort of like digestive issues and things like that, no, it's not a problem at all.
0: The other question about eating stuff is why Dolly quite sometimes, and it seems to be when she's a bit under the weather, mm. she likes to eat grass, and it's certain types of grass that is a specific yes. type of grass that she'll. Oh, there's one. I'm going to have that one. And she'll eat that. What's that all about? Mm.
2: So the jury's a little bit out on this one. Mm. There's many conflicting studies on it. The big main theory is that it's basically like like you said, dogs self-medicating when they're not feeling too great. The sort of counterpoint to that is dogs don't have any comprehension of medicine. So it's more of a, it might be more of a sort of like instinctual thing than it's actively going, oh, I don't feel well. I'm going to go and eat some grass. The main observation I've made personally is, again, they just like it. So you'll probably notice that sort Mm. of early spring, summer sort of time, they tend to eat grass the most. And that's when grass is, in inverted commas, sweeter. So it's, they just like the taste of it. And I mean, so long as they're not making themselves sick and choking on it, because some dogs can like excessively eat it all in one go, there's no harm, really. It's...
0: But veggies in the diet no I've noticed that she'll do this and and uh, uh, you know because she likes to dawdle anyway on a walk and so she'll just stop every time she sees some of this grass and, and have a munch of it but we're quite careful not to let it have too much because she does tend to sort of you know regurgitate it it's yeah. not really being sick but yeah. you get a sort of green foam comes at the back <laughs> yeah. which is another reason yeah. I don't like Michelin star restaurants <laughs> <laughs> don't trust them <laughs> <laughs> if it comes out a dog it shouldn't yeah. be on a plate basically <laughs> <laughs> yes there's another one with um, andrea from chingford it says that my shih tzu buddy will not let us clean his ears and is prone to infections last time the vet had to sort them out whilst he was under anesthetic uh, getting neutered any any tips on that Yeah. So if it's prone
2: to ear infections Mm. anyway, the ear is going to be sort of literally a sensitive subject to it. It's not going to like having its ears touched and manhandled anyway. The best way to approach this is gradually getting it used to having its ears touched. So Mm -hmm. it's a shih tzu. So I presume it's quite a nice sort of like lap dog likes its cuddles and things like that. Mm -hmm. So when you're giving the dog strokes, so particularly around the head and neck area, gently sort of like start touching the sort of like the flappy bit of the ears first. And then gradually work. Mm-hmm. And, and this yeah. is over the course of like days. Don't just do this all in one go. Because
0: the instant you go straight for the ear, it's not going to like it. And it's going to make that negative uh, of course, association Of course, it. And it sounds like Buddy is, as she says, um, prone to infections. And so it's quite important to keep his ears clean. Yeah. I mean, I've I don't think about Dolly's ears particularly. She doesn't seem to have anything in them that needs removing. I mean, how important it is to keep the ears clean? Oh, incredibly important, especially if your dog does have sort of floppy ears. So, like my dog Leia, for example, her ears are floppy.
2: Wow. I, every every time, oh, yes, so Mildred. Is yeah, hard. I mean, every now and then, just some warm water on a cotton bud, just get rid of the excess wax you can see. Right. If you go to a groomer's, the groomers tend to sort of clean the ears as well while they're there. Yeah. So it might be worth investing okay. in the groomers, especially with the shih tzu as well. If it's got like, that longer hair, make sure the hair yeah. around the ears is trimmed so it's not going to get
0: any sort of like detritus. It's and, trimmed. Yeah. Uh, do you think and Andrea made a, a tactical error by doing his ears when he was under anaesthetic getting neutered? Because could Buddy now be thinking, well, last time I had my ears clean, you cut my nuts off? <laughs> so, I'd say it depends on you, what
2: order that happens. Is it the nuts off first and so, then the ears Yeah. You, well, exactly. So,
0: so it's, he's kind of relating the two things yeah. uh, incorrectly, but he's yeah. been traumatised yeah. and he relates having his ears cleaned with you know something
1: far more traumatic happening. yeah i mean
2: yeah absolutely it could have like oh. the whole vet's visit could have really put it off um, and yeah. things like that
1: really having to hide that he's got an earache <laughs> 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 leave me alone leave me alone yeah. just cross-legged <laughs> uh, yeah grace gets these things that you put your your finger in to clean the yeah. ear yeah. It's like a one-finger glove yeah. that you put in, and then you you circle it around the Mildred's ear. Oh, right. right,
2: they're one? great. I mean,
1: are they, are they any yeah, good? yeah, absolutely, yeah, they're great.
2: You can get most sort of like dog-specific products. I mean, you can even get like dog-specific suntan lotion on these wipes. You know, for the noses and stuff like that. So there's a lot of stuff out there that's quite easy to get hold of now.
0: Can the nose get sunburn? Is yeah, absolutely. That's worth remembering, yeah. Maybe not necessarily if
2: they've got, like, a black nose, but there's, like, a little patch of skin just above the nostrils that can – the hair's very thin there, so just be aware of stuff like that as well.
1: Wow. I didn't know that, yeah. What did dogs do before we stepped in to help them with things like ear infections, where you said, you know, you say, oh, it's really important that dogs get their ears Mm -hmm. cleaned – but what were they doing to to manage that before we stepped in and went, we've got So this.
2: if you look in the wild, so like a lot of wild dogs and things like that, they tend to have pointy ears. Floppy ears is a relatively, in the grand scheme of like history thing, it's a relatively new invention for yeah, dog breeds yeah, sure. that we've created as humans. So we're only talking like, you know, a couple of hundred years ago, really, where floppy ears were the standard for a lot of breeds of dog and stuff like that. Yeah. Sticky up ears are quite, you know, you look at wolves, you look at the more sort of like primitive breeds yeah. like Sheba's and Huskies and stuff like that. They've all got sticky
0: up ears. They don't have floppy ears. Because you know more, that, Jack? More efficient. I hadn't put that together, but I did know that the floppy ears were developed by breeders to protect the actual ear. For with like gun dogs and stuff going yeah. through long grass or something like that, it's yeah. actually to protect the inside of the ear. How necessary that was, I don't know. It's also what do you for think, Simon. Do you think it was?
2: Well, yeah, no, you're absolutely right. And there's also things like you know basset hounds and bloodhounds. If you notice, they've got excessively, I mean, yes, sort of like yes. my hair, like really Very excessively floppy ears. Yeah, and it's to channel the air towards the nose so they can scent more. Um, so, they can do oh, like stronger scent work. So, goodness. it sort of creates a funnel when the head's down and sort of like the air gets trapped by
0: the ears and oh, goes Of that course, way. it would, yeah. So, I hadn't even thought of that, but that's uh, wow. yeah, that's an extraordinary thing, isn't it? It's amazing. The way the breeders kind of consider that they can change the look of the dog, hopefully for its benefit yeah. and sometimes for our benefit because we just think it looks cuter. Yeah, absolutely. It's uh, yeah.
1: mad. But
0: then it doesn't explain elephants, does it? Why they've got big <laughs> floppy ears. <laughs> That's for another podcast, isn't it? Yeah. That's another
1: podcast we're going to be doing, Oh My Elephant.
2: <laughs> I'm not an elephant expert, unfortunately, so I can't join you on that one.
1: Yeah, we'll have
0: to say the elephant in the room is Simon because he's, you know, he's he knows dogs. But
1: <laughs> Jack, we've got a voice note here. Mm. This is from Liam. Simon, this is regarding resource Guarding. Ooh, okay. Do you know this term? We don't know
2: this term. Do you know what that is? So basically resource garden is like the blanket term that basically describes the dog has claimed something as its own and doesn't want anyone else to touch it. So that could be things like sofa, food, people, toys, you name it. The dog has gone, this is mine. I don't want anyone else touching it. Mm-hmm.
1: Oh, Yeah, wow. it's,
2: it's normally with food. Food is tends to be the big one. And then people tends to be the sort of next biggest one after that. So like it'll guard a particular
0: person or family member and things like that or the house or yeah yeah so i can imagine that that becomes problematic at times doesn't it oh absolutely you hear sometimes of like oh you know his dog's on he's on a a certain chair in the sitting room or whatever but he he will not he'll start growling if you come near yeah so what what would your approach be with that
2: so the, the whole point with the resource guarding is that you don't want the dog to know that It has a claim over something. It has to learn that everywhere is a shared space. Everything is a shared thing. If it's in the home, Mm. things like having the lead on the dog in the home is a really good idea. Because then you can gently guide it away from things. So if it's a chair in particular, you can, you know, if it does start to get like that, you can just grab the end of the lead. Nice and easy. Walk it away from the chair. The, the key is to be really calm okay. and not sort of like jumpy around that. Because if the dog's snapping at you or barking at you and you walk away, yeah. it's going to know exactly that it's won. And it's just like, yeah, cool. I can just keep oh, doing right. this and drive whatever it is away from what I want. So you've got to sort of gradually establish that whatever the dog is guarding isn't necessarily the dog's,
0: isn't necessarily yours either. It's a shared sort of like property. Shall we uh, listen to the voice note that Liam sent yes. in? So we know specifically what the problem yeah, yeah. is. Let's have a listen.
2: Hi guys, my name is Liam. I'm from Stroud in Gloucestershire. We have a lovely little wirehead Dachshund called Pablo. Unfortunately, when Pablo got to probably 18 months, he started developing guarding issues. We got him neutered. Uh, It seemed to clear up a lot of the problems we were having, but unfortunately, he still guards, things like his bed, long-lasting chews, and then even me and his mum. So just wondering if you guys had any advice on on how to deal with guarding, um, ways to stop him from doing it, and obviously help maybe when it
0: happens. Thanks again for, for the podcast. It's amazing. Me and my wife and Pablo love listening. Keep up the good work. Okay, thanks, Liam. Absolutely. Probably have answered some of that. Mm. Was anything that came yeah. to mind, Simon, on that?
2: Yeah, so um, did he say it was the dog's bed the dog was guarding? If that's the case, yes. mm. yeah, I think when the dog so. isn't there, move the bed. Move it to a different location. Don't let the dog get used to one locale mm. being Very where it creates its sort of like fortress. You know, move the bed to the other room. Move it to a bedroom. Like still keep the bed, but you're kind of confusing the dog going, yes, this is your bed, but we decide where it is rather than the entire room being what it wants to
1: control. Very good. There's a second question on this, which is it's quite a serious one, I think. And we've had a few queries on this. This says, uh, my Jack Russell uh, resource guards me against my children, 12 and 14 years. What can I do to make myself less desirable? <laughs> right,
2: okay. <laughs> Thanks, guys. The counterpoint to that is make the kids more interesting. Okay. So the dog's obviously guarding you as a person because i'm guessing you're the one who feeds it walks it plays with it trains it and all this sort of stuff get the kids involved with it get the kids to walk the dog get the kids to feed the dog get the kids to be literally in control of the resources that the dog enjoys and then that should build up their sort of like value to the dog so the dog's not going you stay away from mum. she's mine it's like oh you guys
0: are part of the pack, you can join
2: in. And it'll sort of break those barriers down a little bit for them as well.
0: And again, are there any, we've, we've heard from Pablo, who's a, a wirehead Daxon, and this is uh, this is about a Jack Russell. Yeah. Is it specific to certain breeds, more, more prevalent or not?
2: Would you yeah, say? I'd say sort of terrier breeds mm. tend to be quite sort of on it just because they are bred to be super stubborn. And like once they've got something, yeah. that is theirs until it's released by... It's master or whatever it's one. Yeah. Yeah. So Jack Russell's, yeah, you do tend to see it a lot in Jack Russell's. It's one of those sort of nurture over nature things though. Like if from day dot, you share everything with your dog, the dog doesn't have a specific thing that is just the dogs and, you know, let it share the space and stuff like that resource garden
0: doesn't tend to be an issue really okay and then we've quite a lot of questions came in about barking it seems to be the perennial problem of dog owners and uh, the one thing that sort of upsets and and annoys and distresses Mm. dog owners is 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 this kind of problematic barking here's an example of a the questions we have from michael corless um he asks how do i stop my cabapoo from barking when strangers or strangers to her come to our door She goes absolutely nuts and I realise she thinks she's protecting us, but honestly there is no need. And uh, she's also very barky when in our garden, as she can see people walking past and then she barks at them okay what do you reckon
2: uh i mean it always makes me laugh when people get dogs and they expect it not to bark (laughs) it's kind of what we've designed them to do (laughs) (laughs) guarding responses are what point. very good point yeah um but yeah if it's excessive Mm. barking so with people at the door this is actually a really good one that i've recently implemented with a client and they've found really good success with it so basically by the door have a little bowl of treats so if someone knocks on the door as soon as you open the door, get the person, whoever it is, whether it's a friend coming in or a delivery driver or whatever it is you want to do, make sure it's them mm-hmm. giving the treat and not you and just get them to get the treat and right. just toss it onto okay. the floor. And then the dog will start associating someone at the door with, oh, I'm going to get a treat now. Obviously this can go a bit too much if you're sort of like encouraging it too much, but for like instant cases, it makes the dog relax and go, okay, cool. I've done my job. I've let you know someone's here. I'm going to go off and do whatever I need to do now. And the second one with that is learn a place command. So have your dog's bed or something like that away from the door, but so it can see the door. So maybe at the end of the hallway or something like that and train the dog to go to place Mm. every time you knock on the door. So you literally stand at the door, knock, send it to its bed, reward it. Stand at the door, knock, send it to its bed, reward it. Then try on the other side of the door, try getting a friend to do it, a family member. Then when a stranger comes, the dog goes, oh, I need to go to my bed, rather than standing there and barking. How long might that take? Uh, Depending on the dog, it can take anywhere from a couple of days to a couple of months.
0: But no more so than a couple of months normally. Does Mildred bark at the door when you... When people come to the door,
1: Sean? Yes, increasingly so, actually. Oh, right. She seems to have got... I, I think... I, I don't know if this makes any sense, Simon, but I think she's become... She had, What's that term we were, we were using? Resource guarding. Resource, guarding, using resource yeah. guarding. I think there's a bit of that since we've had Wilder, yeah. our baby. Yeah. Oh. I think there's been a, a an element of, of guarding and becoming the kind of family knight. Yeah, absolutely. It. <laughs> it's not too bad because we've got the kind of flat door... And then the building door. So as long as I can kind of close the the flat door, it's it, it, it's it's not too much of a problem. Yeah. Look, Simon, you've been fantastic and we could talk to you all day, <laughs> uh, but we are running out of time. We've got one... You've been so helpful. Nice. So incredibly helpful. I know our listeners yeah, are great. Fantastic grateful. stuff. Let's end with one more voice note. We love the voice notes. And this voice note is from Georgie. Hello, I'm Georgie. I'm from Monmouth. Just wanted to ask a question about my Cockerjack, Maggie, who just barks at everything outside, whether it's someone walking past or just noises outside the fence. This is like an on and off thing, sometimes she doesn't care and then other times it's all that she's doing. Just needed your help because I don't want my new cockapoo puppy Winnie to learn these behaviours. Sometimes we can get her in by calling her or getting her on her leads, but then other times it's just No, I'm fine out here. Thank you. I'm not coming in. (laughs) Uh, Need your help. Thank you. Love the podcast.
0: Okay, Georgie, thank you for that. uh, Simon, were your first thoughts on that?
2: Yeah, so the fact that it's quite selective and it's not every single time that someone's walking past makes me think that there might be a similar pattern with what people might be wearing, might be people with hats or things like that walking Uh past. It could be down to that. So it might be a time to sort of like process of elimination and find out what it is that's directly triggering it. Similar to how
0: I said with the door knocking and things like that. Could you
1: just say people with hats?
0: Hats. Yeah. Hats. Yeah. yeah if, hats. Well, Simon was just saying if there's a certain thing that triggers the dog saying, oh, I don't, if the dog says I oh, was wearing a hat, I'm going to have a bark at that. I don't like
1: that. Could it actually be something as yeah. small as that? He, the, yeah. the dog hates people I've with hats. I've seen
0: dogs barking at people with AirPods in, glasses,
2: you name it. Like something out oh, of the my. norm that might be wow. like the sort of common okay. denominator with all of them but yeah similar to the barking stuff you don't want to sort of shout at the dog or get angry with the dog if it is barking because nine times out of ten the dog thinks you're barking along with it and so it's just going to get worse and worse and worse and worse and worse the best method especially if it's outside and you're trying to get the dog back in is just nice and calmly act as if nothing's wrong go up to the dog pop its lead on and just calmly walk it away like Imagine nothing else mm-hmm. is going on because what you don't want to do is reward the barking because it's just going to keep barking because it finds mm-hmm. it fun. And you don't want to sort of encourage it by sort of going, come here, shut up, and all this sort of stuff, because the dog is just going to get worse mm-hmm. and worse mm-hmm. and worse. Yeah. In terms of it spreading to the other dogs, dogs are pack animals, so they learn by observing others. So once it sees the other dog getting it right, it'll be like, Ah, okay, this is how I get the reward. Not oh, I'm just going to do this because this is peer pressure sort of thing. They want to do right. They want to do the right options. So they will always watch and observe. And, you know, the very sort of physical learners so they like to see and practice things
0: before they sort of like get things yeah. straight. Interesting. Pick up on one thing you mentioned there about dogs being pack animals. Because mm-hmm. I've heard, and I don't know if there's any truth in this, what do, what's your opinion, Simon, that beagles are obviously very much bred to hunting packs and yep. be pack animals. And so when people get rescue beagles, of which there are quite a lot, mm-hmm. do they make good pets? or Are they necessarily more difficult to train to be on their own?
2: Absolutely not. Um, beagles are, it's a funny one with beagles because unfortunately, it, even in this country, they're still using beagles for things like cosmetic testing and things like that. Oh. Yeah, A a lot of beagles that you get nowadays from rescues do tend to come from sort of like science labs and stuff like that. So they've had traumatic lives anyway. But Mm -hmm. the only negative side to a beagle, in my personal opinion, I I think they're fantastic, they're lovely dogs, is they are very, very loud. (laughs) So howling, yowling, talking, they are super, super loud. So absolutely, probably not if you're living in a flat and things like that, if you've got a house fine but in terms yeah. of how they are like other dogs they're pretty much the same as most dogs to be honest you know so long as yeah. you've you're giving yeah. them that nice nurturing
0: leadership they're going to be absolutely oh i'm pleased to hear that because they're lovely looking dogs aren't yeah. they and, oh, they're um, great dogs. yeah i mean i suppose people get them from puppies as well sometimes and you can you know just start from there and The terrific, yeah, yeah. I mean, even rescues are fantastic.
1: Will Young, who we've had on the show, does a lot of uh, good work campaigning against beagles being used for cosmetic testing. Yes, he does. That's good. It's
2: insane how it's still happening here in the UK. I mean, there's one specific test centre I can't remember the name, but it's awful. Really, really bad.
0: Yeah, and the way they manage to do it is there's some sort of ease whereby it's a sort of, there's a sort of loophole whereby they can they can actually do it without owning up to doing it. Yeah, it's uh, it's quite shocking actually, and you know that, that still happens. Yeah. Oh goodness, oh, that's a bit of a bit of a sad note to end on. Sorry about boy. that. I know. <laughs> Let's just go back to dogs eating food. Come on. <laughs> It was, uh, as always, very, very interesting. And, you know, we do get a lot of these questions. We do like to help out if we possibly can. And so it was well worth having you in as our our special guest this week, Simon. We're so uh, grateful for your... Expertise and uh, and your help with these things, I'm sure you've helped lots of people who are listening in. So thank you again, Simon.
1: Thank you so much. And before you go, would you want to plug away? Where can people yeah, find sure. you on on the internet? Uh,
2: just first, thanks for having me again, guys. It's been really good fun. You're welcome. Of course. So my website is dbtherapy.co.uk, and my Instagram is dognitive dot behavior, and you can find me on pretty much all social platforms and things like that.
1: Amazing. And you'll come on again. Absolutely. Yeah. Hundred percent. Fantastic. Thank you so much Simon Thank you Simon. Thank you
2: very much see you later
0: It's always such a, a learning curve isn't it with Simon when he joins us because he's really is very very knowledgeable yes. and uh, it's lovely to be able to uh, to share that with the listeners who are corresponding with us it's so it's so good. Did you learn anything in particular this time?
1: Well, I, I, you know, I think it was those things that you mm. that you don't expect. Like I said, the don't wet a dog in the heat. Who would have yeah. thought? I wouldn't have assumed that, would you? Are you no, going to pretend not, now
0: good? Not at all, no. Yeah. It's a very good tip there, because especially if they've got that kind of coat that will part and then you expose part yes. of their skin, which of course is very, very sensitive, because it never sees the sun. So, uh, yeah, it, it will burn really, really quickly. You don't think of sunburn on animals.
1: No, of course. And uh, and also, he's just so great that we're going to have to make sure we keep hold of him. I don't want him ending up on this morning.
0: Oh, no, no. I think we'll have to start up a, a rumour or something so he doesn't get that <laughs> kind of work. And we can keep him under our control. <laughs>
1: Keep him on the lead, so to speak. (laughs) Yes. Well, look, fantastic. Always great to hear from Simon. And uh, next week, we'll go back to our usual line of guests, uh, which which are also great. Yeah. Yeah, Fantastic. Thank you very much for joining
0: us. And as I said, we really love your input into the show. So do keep emailing us at hello at omdpod.com and find us on Instagram at omdpod and send us your voice notes as well.
1: Yes, we love your voice notes. Keep sending them in, Uh, your dog songs, any questions you have. And remember, a dog is for life, not just for podcasts.